The Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions in week 17. But how should you feel after that win? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lotton Cowboys podcast, part of the Lotton Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys got a convincing 2019 <laughs> win over the Lions in Week 17. Just generally, how are you feeling coming out of that win? I mean, I, I'm feeling good. I, I don't know how Detroit fans are feeling, but I, I feel. Look, I, you know, I hate that that we're. Uh, that all of this is, is going on, you know, kind of talking about the last few minutes se- sequence when, um, you know, Dak Prescott had such an incredible game. CD lamb had a record breaking game to say the least, which we'll get to. Uh, we'll get to, uh, I hate that the, that the, the, the discourse has turned into the, the penalty stuff exclusively, um, simply because I, we have been talking about it all season long and no one has ever come to our aid about it. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that whole sequence. But to me, you know, I, I think that if you go and you look at the game, there was just so many things that didn't go the Cowboys' way. That just the ball didn't bounce. The CD fumbling the ball through the back of the end zone. The just, just you know, so many things that that ball bouncing the wrong way, sort of things, right? And the Cowboys were able to pull this win out despite every opportunity trying to go against against them. Um, I, you know. I have a, I have some some issues about some of the aspects of some of the play. Um, I, I'd like to see the defense kind of continue to stiffen up at the end of this game, but I mean it's hard to get upset with the defense that allowed only 19 points against the Detroit Lions team when we were forced multiple that they, turnovers. <laughs> that's right. It's like and and for the offense, it's like you know there's a couple boneheaded plays for sure, but overall, like they were pretty successful as well. I just think that the scoreboard itself didn't quite reflect the game because of just all the weirdness that happened. I agree. I I think for the most part, um, you should be encouraged. I mean, we'll talk about CD Dak played a really good game. Uh, To me, the thing that's a little bit concerning is like the situation part of football. And like the second and 14 pass that the Cowboys had. And we can talk about whether they should even have been in that situation, but and Dak talked about it after game. Like he, he shouldn't have tried to make that throw on second and 14. He was just being yeah. too aggressive. Yeah. That gave Detroit an additional 40 seconds to, to have a chance to win the, this game at the end. And then for the second straight week, the Cowboys defense is put on the field for, you know, they have the lead. They just have to get a stop in order to win the game. And they give up a 75 yard touchdown drive in like a minute and 20 seconds without Detroit ever going out of bounds and without Detroit ever having to use a timeout. Uh, it's that's the part that I'm a little bit concerned about is this is now back-to-back weeks that the Cowboys have kind of messed up situational football. 
Yeah, well, I mean that's certainly true. But the good news is they went one. Uh, they went one for three on two point conversions. So uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing. it's like okay. Obviously, that the first two point situation was whatever. They got the stop on second down, but Micah Parsons jumps off sides. That could have been a. It could have been, been a game changing penalty. Could have been the right? game, game losing penalty. Game losing penalty. They get the stop. They, you know, they have the Lions. It's on the seven yard line, which I don't know why Dan Campbell decided to go from the seven. That was idiocy. That was, right, I mean, right. that's just being stubborn at that and point. You, and it, basically, it's a pre snap penalty. You get a pre snap penalty that gives Detroit another chance to win this game. I think that's the, the concerning thing for me, Lane, is as you get into the playoffs, your margin for error is just a lot smaller. And it seems like over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some of this stuff pop up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be calling it a trend, but it's, it certainly has popped up. And I certainly think that it's something to keep, keep an eye on as we move forward. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the frustrating thing about the performance of the defense overall is that you, you played, so well for three and a half quarters of the game. And really you just give up like two big drives, yeah. I think probably total in the whole game. Um, you know, and so I think it, it's, it's, it was a good performance. Um, it just leaves you wanting just, you know, a little bit a little more. Bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, again, I think, I think that's the same with the offense too, where I, I think the offense played well for the vast majority it's like, and then there's just the kind of the stupid things, right? Like the Dak, inter- like the Dak interception was like his one bad throw of the game. Honestly, I-, I agree with him on the second and fourteen. I probably wouldn't have made that throw. That's a bad decision to make. Yeah, um, but I don't know about the play call. We, we we'll talk about all that yeah. specifically yeah. here. Too. Um, just really quickly, let's let's talk about that two point conversion. I I just want your take. After kind of watching all the videos and stuff, what happened here? Well, it, it seems to me that there. Uh, uh, here's what I honestly believe happened: is that they had spent the vast majority of the game making number seventy eligible, the eligible Dan receiver Skipper. for the game, yep. Dan Skipper. Um, they, I, I think that that they were trying to set up a situation um, where they were going to misdirect, and 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 Taylor Decker was going to be the surprise. Uh, ineligible or eligible receiver in that. Yes. I think the communication between the Detroit Lions players and the referees, and that could have been crowd noise. That could have been a number of things. Well, you had three guys. It probably was confusing. Yes. Yeah, it, it failed. Uh, and I don't know whether that was because he didn't hear, because of whatever. Uh, it does seem it does seem to me that the, that 70 was announced as the eligible receiver. We heard in, it through the, the PA. Yeah, we heard it through the stadium. So, And I I, I think that that should have been – I don't know what Detroit is supposed to do. You know, I agree with that that, that sort of aspect of it. But at the same time, like, if they had allowed that touchdown, even, you know, with everything that had happened, that's not any more fair to the Cowboys. Because to the Cowboys' defense, they were told that 70 was the eligible receiver. 68 was never announced as an eligible receiver. And you saw that the way the Cowboys lined up. And actually, if you watch that that video clip of Brad Allen after the after one of the Lions players reports is eligible, he goes right up to, I believe it's Damone Clark, and tells him in points, 70 yeah. is eligible. And the way that the Cowboys lined up is they overloaded on the – would it be the, the Lions' right side? Yeah. Left Taylor Decker – Mm-hmm. basically without anybody on him because he's just an offensive lineman. So 
I just to be clear, I think the refs completely messed up and botched the whole situation. I'm not sure what the Lions are supposed to do about it. I think they were being a little bit cute, but I also think that's part yeah. of what they were trying to go for. So it's just a bad situation. It's it, it's part of the reason that you don't you you know the, the downside to doing those kind of calls. Yeah. You know those kind of things where you have to like complicate things or you know you use a weird motion that a ref is going to misinterpret as a false start or you know you've got a formation that's off uh, unbalanced that you, you know you have to rely on there being solid communication between the players and the and the rest. Look, the Cowboys had the exact same thing happen to them earlier in the season. Had a touchdown taken yep. away from, from uh against Philadelphia. So uh you know honestly uh I would feel bad for Detroit if we were not the 99% of the time, the victims of this sort of thing. Well, and, and even look, and no, the Peyton Hendershot thing really yeah. is, I mean, that's, that's where we should be going is way upstream where we shouldn't even have been in this situation. If they had properly called the <laughs> tripping penalty on the person who attempted the tripping and not the person who was the victim of the yeah. tripping, uh, this would have be all been a moot point because the Cowboys would have had two options. Both would have been great. It would have been either second down and like two under the two minute warning, or the Cowboys would have had the ball first down and like, I think it might've been first down and goal at like the 10 yard line. Both of those put the Cowboys in really advantageous situations. Instead, it's, Second and fourteen, or sorry, no, it was second and twenty-five, right? Second and twenty-five. It was a, it was a personal foul. That's see, that's the well, thing that's really crazy. Me, first about and twenty-five. It. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So it's like that was the thing that's really crazy, and and ultimately it shouldn't have it hurt them too much because it did give them on the other side of the two-minute warning, and so like they should they should have been able to run it out a little bit more. That's where the second and fourteen penalty yes. kind of comes into play a little bit. I don't have a. I actually didn't have a problem with them throwing the football in that situation. Just you can't be a YOLO ball down the sideline. Exactly. You, you have to complete a short pass to just gain some positive yards or run the ball like or yep. quarterback sneak somewhere. Or screen or something. Like yeah, that. you can't throw a high leverage, high chance. Nope. I mean, that's nope. – I understand what you're trying to do, Dak, but you're being too aggressive. The, the, yes. The act of throwing the ball on second and 14 under two minutes, that's aggressive enough. Yes. Don't 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 try to double down and, and do a high leverage fade to the end zone where he's not likely to catch it. All right, let's talk about CeeDee Lamb, who had a record-setting day uh, in Week 17. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, it is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is the most fun that I've ever had playing DFS because there's so many different players and so many different stat projections to choose from. PricePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepix.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricefix.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match worth up to $100. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We want to let you know that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 
Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Lena, let's talk about C.D. Lamb. Uh, we we discussed on Friday that we thought this could potentially be, be a big C.D. Lamb game because of a couple things. The Lions secondary is not very good. They're banged up. And C.D. needed 180 yards to pass Michael Irvin's record. And we knew Michael Irvin would be uh, in attendance. He had that record almost at halftime. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this was one of the best CD games I've seen outside of dropping the ball at the one yard line, because it could have been even bigger. Yeah. This was the greatest, the best CD game. I think I, 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 I don't think I've, we've seen anything like that before. Um, I felt pretty confident that he was, I mean, we talked about it. I think I, we even called it that we thought that he would get the record. Uh, not, not that it was just in shot, but I thought that he was in pursuing to get the record. Cause I thought he was going to get a bunch of targets. Lo and behold, he did. Uh, and I thought that he would have success and, and he certainly did there. Uh, uh, yeah. Outside of uh, one other drop, I think that happened on the, or actually I think there was a sequence where he dropped a third and a fourth down pass, right? Or well, uh, maybe it was the, a second and third down pass. It was a third. It was a second and third. There was yeah. Dak threw the ball way behind him on one where he on would have easily got the first down. Then on the third down pass, Dak threw it high and kind of out in front of him with a linebacker right underneath. So I, I CD kind of just stuck one arm up to try to catch it, but it yeah. was kind of a hospital ball a little bit. Yeah. So outside of those and the, and then the, the, obviously the fumble out of the end zone, uh, you know, those were the only kind of negative plays. I and mean, he was just dominating. He was getting open at will on the 92 yard play. I mean, it was just a simple uh, situation. I, obviously Dak, I think had the tougher of the two jobs there, uh, you know, breaking free of the, of the, of the pass rush, getting, getting out of the end zone uh, and then kind of breaking loose to his right and, and just throwing to a spot. Uh, but great job by CD to recognize immediately that, that Dak was in, in trouble, break the route back outside, ha- having the defender fall down uh, and then just kind of shoulder over the shoulder catching. It was a lot, it was pretty easy after that. And then all the other throws, I mean, just, you're starting to see, I think the one thing that you started to see from CD Lamb that maybe you hadn't seen um, in years previous is this, is kind of a return to uh, Oklahoma CD Lamb in the yeah. in how his game is. He's he's just so much better with the ball in his hand, uh, the yards up to catch. Uh, you know, he's just you know weaving through the secondary. Uh, they just you know they didn't really have an answer for CD Lamb for for any part of the game, and it was kind of at the point where I was just like, look, I mean. If, if you aren't trying to throw it to CD Lamb on every single snap, I don't know why you're not because they haven't shown any ability to, to kind of stop him or slow him down at all. I, I think if I remember correctly, he, he ended up close to like at a 60% uh, success rate on like 17 targets you know it's like which we thought about like we we talked about this on Friday like this is a game that we thought that CD could have 15, 16, 17 targets and he did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think he uh, he he really you know showed you exactly why he's considered one of the top three receivers in the, in football, um, and you know like you know you can, there's been lots of arguments about which offensive lineman was covered and who was not covered. I'll tell you who definitely was not covered. That was 88. I mean, he was basically open all game, and 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 Dak was able to find him you know throughout the game, and 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 and. It, it it ended up with record breaking for the season, record breaking for the game. It was 
uh, ultimately uh, yeah. a, a kind of two-man show uh, for the Cowboys offense. Uh, Brandon Cooks, we should also mention, yeah. Yeah, we, did a great job as, as kind of the alternate guy. He, I think uh, John Oding tweeted it out. 11 of the 12 passing first downs the Cowboys achieved were between CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. So uh, just really incredible as a duo. Uh, but yeah. obviously, you know, we have to point out specifically CD who uh, just shattered all expectations in this game. So CD's at just under 1,800 total yards from scrimmage this <laughs> wow. year. He's at 12 touchdown, 10 receiving, uh, two rushing. Is this the best Cowboys receiver they've had since Michael Irvin? Yeah, I mean, I think the the numbers point that out. Um, I think I think. You know, you could obviously make it. I mean, the, the person that we that we have to talk about is Des Bryant, obviously. Or, I mean, um, honestly, T.O., like early to uh, 2007, T.O. was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, man, it's I, I, like I think I think the reason that I would go CD is just that you can build your entire offense yep. around yep. him. Like a, a perfect example is. Uh, they had a third down and like nine late in this game when the Cowboys were trying. Uh, it was on that the the touchdown drive. A third down and nine, he catches a pass over the middle, a, explosive play. On the very next play, he comes in motion and he takes the handoff and yep. he gets you a nice big run to kind of continue that drive. You can move them all around the formation. He can be a vertical player. He can be after the catch. His first catch of the game, they ran just like an out route. He caught it turn back up field and that was like a 42 yard gain like the his ability just to be the entire offense is pretty incredible you could do some things to try to take des bryant out of the game oh know, yeah because he played on the outside there's ways to, to kind of cloud him to you know get doubles and stuff you could do you can do some of that stuff with cd in the slot but it's a lot harder the fact that you're able to move cd all over the formation he can basically do anything um, you know, maybe he's not the fade touchdown, fade route no, player. That's not his game, that, no. He's not above the rim as much as Des is, uh, but he can still do that and he can do a lot more. So yes. I, I think, yeah, as far as a guy that you can reliably run your passing attack through, uh, I would say he's he's the best, you know, since a, a couple 88s ago. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the offense all week long because I want to talk about the running game, which has just been miserable. Yeah. Um, but I will say one of the changes that I think we've seen from the Cowboys, at least in the second half of the season is that they've just condensed their offense down in terms of the target. Like you look at like early in the year, like nine, 10 guys were getting catches in this one, 17 targets for CD lamb, eight for Brandon cooks, six for Jake Ferguson. And then no other receiver or tight end got more than one. I mean, it, it's basically those three guys handling all of the work in the passing game. Now that might be a problem down the road, but I do think it helps with Dak being in a rhythm, just knowing, Hey, I've got these three guys that I know are going to get open and are going to catch the ball. I feel comfortable throwing it to them. Well, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem down the road because I think that this team has shown that they can do that. They, you know, they've done, had a lot of different games where they've had multiple receivers when they've needed to. I, I just think what this has shown is that when it's when they need to, when they feel like they can, they have to condense it down to just the folks that they know are their playmakers, that they can operate that way as well. Yes. That they don't need to like just be a distribute offense. They can be an offense that is feeding their stars and, and still win that way yeah. as well. I, I think the next progression of this offense is trying to find that consistent fourth guy, whether that's Jalen Tolbert. I don't want to say it's going to be Michael Gallup anymore because Gallup didn't even earn a target yesterday. I don't know if you're watching, but Gallup hardly played at all yesterday. 
Um, but that's the next step, finding that fourth guy who just can get three or four targets a game to make this offense a little bit more consistent. Uh, we, we've got all week to talk about that side of the ball. Let's talk about the Cowboys defense who had kind of an up and down day. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the new Explore tab, or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best fi- way to find popular parlays and so much more. You guys know how much I love the futures market. Still, <laughs> you can go bet on those as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Everydayers, on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down some of the All-22 film for this Cowboys big Week 17 win, convincing win over the Lions. I do want to talk about the defense because I thought for the most part they played really well. Like if you told me that going into this game that the Cowboys were going to hold the Lions to 19 points, they were going to force two turnovers, they were going to have, was it, so I, I think it was yeah two fourth downs that they they stopped them on. Mm-hmm. You would take it, but I just think that last drive leaves a, a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, but I, and, and you know, look, I, I totally understand that, and I think that's human nature. But I do think that it's important to kind of recognize that the Cowboys' offense did a pretty decent job. You know, in fact, a, a very decent job. I mean, you look at the the the, the numbers of, of the success rate that that, that uh, Detroit was had on third downs. You, just the numbers for for Jared Goff overall, honestly, were just you know not great. Um, and and I think that they had some rushing success, but that's that's Detroit. They they are one of the best running teams in football. They have maybe one of the best run blocking offensive lines in football outside of Philadelphia. I think the Cowboys av- uh, held them to like something under a. a, a yard under their their average uh per you know per carry so um i think that you know they had they had to rely on some big plays they had to you know, rely on demarcus lawrence having maybe the best game he's ever played in some think ways Lions fans hate demarcus lawrence How many i, I tweeted plays that, has, has, i has tweeted that out man they just must be so sick of him they just must hate demarcus lawrence and you yep. know i feel feel bad for you son um uh but i guess you know the the, the truth of the matter is is that that when the the Cowboys defense needed to make big plays. They did, mm-hmm. um, except for that last drive. You know, you needed them to kind of find a way to get off the field. Um, and I think that they they just did not handle that two-minute offense very well. But again, I will t- submit to you that Ben Johnson is maybe the best play caller in all of football. Like, he's going to be a head coach next year somewhere. Um, be, because of of his play calling ability, and the Cowboys, uh, for the most part, were able to kind of keep this offense, um, you know, in the barn. So uh, it is kind of a, a mixed results thing. I mean, honestly, it's a lot how you feel about the offense, right? It's like you make a couple of pretty serious mistakes with the offense. It's like fumbling it out of the end zone. It's like you know, a, a turnover in the red zone. Right? Turnover the in moment. the red zone. It's for for the defense. It's like. 
you know, uh, Jamison let, letting Jamison lose for a 63, Williamson lose for a 63 yard touchdown. It's, uh, you know, it's just a couple of these Micah getting off sides on that second two point conversion. It's yep. like, yeah, I, I think if they're able, sometimes when you play good teams, you press and you make mistakes, they have got to find a way to further limit that, you know, further limit that, yeah. uh, pressing to the point of of making mistakes uh you know look they're gonna are there gonna be calls like what happened with detroit in the two two point conversion what happened with the cowboys with hendershot getting called for tripping are those things gonna happen absolutely i think uh you've got to find a way to overcome that and, and and win these games and i think that's the positive takeaway here is that you know, look, you could say what you want about the way the two-point conversions ended the game. At the end of the day, the Cowboys got two stops in the last two two-point conversions to win that. So they they made plays when they needed to, even twice when they had to. So uh, I, I think overall it's a positive uh, uh, review, but I definitely think there are things there that you're like, you know, things some a couple of things need to be better, especially end of game, end of half situations. I will say one of the things that's very encouraging coming out of this game is this is the best game that I've seen Jordan Lewis play since 2018. That Saints game that they played uh, when he just made a bunch of tackles on Auburn Kamara, he was awesome. And if the Cowboys yeah. have a legitimate good slot corner going into the playoffs, that's going to really help. It also helped Landon that Donovan Wilson played, I think, his best game of the season. And if yeah. you can get those guys back to playing at least an average level, I feel just much better about how they're going to fare in the playoffs. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, I thought has, was pretty good. It was not mm-hmm. Deron Bland's best game, but for the most part, I thought the secondary held up pretty well. Yeah. I didn't think Bland, Bland had a terrible game. I mean, you know, again, you once again held, held a, a, a high powered offense without a hundred yard receiver. I mean, the fact you're able to keep someone like Amon St. Brown without a hundred yards, uh, that that's that's probably a pretty good sign that you had a good day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think for the most part the secondary played the way you wanted them to. I think the linebackers for the most part actually played pretty good. I mean, th- there was definitely it seems chunky and you feel like, God, they're getting these big plays, but ultimately they weren't producing points. Um, and so that's and that's all you can ask for is that look, they can get the yards, but if they're not ultimately producing points, um, then you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Uh, so the Cowboys, 11-5 and five, uh, after 16 games. They have one more game left against the Washington Commanders in Week 17. We'll see what that game means for the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, Dallas is still going to play that one because they're still waiting on Philly to lose the game. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, before we forget, we should mention Tyler Smith, who uh, did get leave the game with the Liz Frank injury. It does sound like it was a full tear, which is great. Good news, apparently. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, apparently, he's week to week. So, uh, he may even play this week, but they're hoping that he should be back at least for the playoffs. My so. guess is Dallas is going to give him a week off. I, right. I would say that they'd be dumb to play him, even I, I think, even if Philly were to lose this game or, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, Either I, way, I think, I think you, I you think you give play. him a full two weeks to get ready for the playoff game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was the only other injury they had in this game. So still relatively healthy, knock on wood, going into the final week of the season. Uh, again, this is the third straight year. The Cowboys have won at least 11 games right back into the playoffs and should be a wild January <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every single day. Go check out the show on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. 
Uh, go follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Happy New Year, everybody.